I thought, I don't want to be a victim of this and I need to sort my, you know, get myself together. And it was at that moment I decided to take responsibility for myself and stop focusing on all of the things that were going wrong in my life and the fact that I was told at that time that I'd never be released from prison. Stop focusing on that and focus instead on what I could do to be the best version of me. Hi, and welcome to Helping People Perform, the podcast that gives you fascinating insights into those people whose chosen vocation is to help others perform at their best. From consultants to teachers, sports coaches to financial advisors, all of my guests share a passion for getting the most out of individuals, teams, and organizations. Enjoy the episode. Hi everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Helping People Perform podcast. Delighted to be joined today in the studio by professional mindset coach and fellow podcaster, uh, we have the men's coach. Welcome to the show, Mark Singer. Thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure. pleasure. Yeah, looking forward to uh, um, hear some amazing stories and having, having some great conversations. So uh, before we get into a bit more about what you do right now and the men's coach side of it, uh, can you tell us a bit about your backstory and what got you to where you are today? I can indeed, yes. I've got a bit of a story as well. I mean, um, uh, well... My book is called, which is coming out later this year, Tell Him Back and Then Some. That gives you an insight into what my story. I mean, I was convicted of something I didn't do um, and given a life sentence in prison um, in 2011. And um, during that time, I was in prison for six years. Uh, I went through a tragic set of circumstances where I lost all of my family in a very short space of time. Mm. Uh, started with my mother. She died of cancer. Three months later, I lost my father. He died while I was talking to him on the phone. All in all, in one year, I lost 31 members of my family, loved ones, um, animals, things like my family home. So it was just like a snowball effect. Everything that I ever cared about went. Mm. And it was a very difficult time, as anyone can imagine. Um, and I hit rock bottom and um, decided not to be a victim of my circumstances. And I also decided at that stage not to be a, a victim of injustice. Even though I was in prison for something I hadn't done, I recognised that the reason why I'd got myself into that situation to begin with was a lot to do with my own past beliefs and attitudes, you see, because earlier on in my life, I was involved in a gang. I was involved in an antisocial way of living. Mm. And I'd built up a set of beliefs and attitudes which I'd kept as I went through my life. And even though I'd moved away from all of that later on in life, I got myself involved in an altercation at a work Christmas party and I was attacked. But had I not had those beliefs and attitudes, I wouldn't have got involved in that in the first place. And that's what led to me getting wrongly convicted and sent to prison. So it was quite a story. Mm. Um, it's quite a dramatic story. But um, but the reality is, is it was probably the best thing that happened to me in many ways, even though obviously uh, losing your family is not a good thing. And, you, <laughs> you know, if you could bring them back, I would. But yes. in terms of my own mental um, well-being and so on, um, it completely transformed my life in the way I saw myself and everything else. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I imagine it would. And, uh, you know, I, I think we could certainly forgive anyone who gave into those circumstances particularly you know, going into prison being convicted of something you uh, you weren't guilty of in the first place but then having all of that piled on top of 31 uh, people in, in that one year that's uh that's amazing. Important, it's mm. just just crazy but um what was it do you think that that switched you because you said you you sort of um you went from that recognizing your historical beliefs and and, mm. and uh and set of beliefs and attitudes what was it that well, switched you it... from one to another 
when I first got sent to prison, I was obviously very much focused on being a victim because obviously, you know, you get convicted of something you didn't do, you, you're naturally going to feel that way. Yeah. And obviously my family felt that way and even all my friends did, we were appealing and so on. But I, I quickly realised that, you know, because of the nature of the sentence that given me, they give me what's called an IPP, and that means indeterminate public protection. Now, that's for people who have been involved in problems or trouble in the past and they deem a threat in the future. So they gave me, a, that's why they gave me a, a what's called a, an IPP. It's a life sentence, essentially. You've got no release date. Wow. So I quickly realised that if I was to have any realistic chance of release, I had to sort of, looked underneath the surface and all that not focus on the fact that I shouldn't be there as such, but why was I there? Mm. And that's when it came to light to me that, yeah, okay. Um, I have beliefs and attitudes, which are unhealthy, or which didn't serve me. Yeah. And maybe that I have to take responsibility for that. So I quickly realized that at an early stage, and this is before I lost the family. This is before I got to that stage. Right. So I did a lot of work on myself whilst in there to focus on my beliefs, my attitudes and the things that which um, had got me involved in that situation to begin with. I wasn't managing myself in a healthy way. And even though I wasn't guilty of the offense, I wouldn't have been involved in that situation had I been thinking in a much more pro-social way. So I recognized that and I dealt with that and I worked on that. But when obviously I went through the the trauma and difficulties of losing my family, it was a snowball effect. And that sort of also um, highlighted to me that I didn't want to be the victim here. And I had to take responsibility for my beliefs, my thoughts, my feelings and everything else. And it was when I hit rock bottom, it was um, in a very short nutshell. My mother died at Christmas 2013. It was a year later after I'd lost my father, my grandfather and other people. That I found out my girlfriend was seeing my my ex girlfriend I should say was seeing my best friend at the time, mm -hmm. and that was what broke the, the the straw that broke the camel's back in terms of my mental and emotional well being. And I just because I'd been kept going up till that point, mm. um, I had to because I had to deal with the funerals, I had to sell the family home, I had to do all of that from prison. Wow. Um, so I had to keep my head together, but. It was that that sort of knocked me down and, and eventually it just all came flooding out. And for a while I felt broken. I just couldn't move forward. And it got, I, I just thought to myself, you know, I took an overdose. I took, you know, I, I'd had enough. I didn't want to live anymore. And I just thought to myself, thankfully, obviously I didn't die or anything, but I thought I don't want to be a victim of this and I need to sort my, you know, get myself together. And it was at that moment I decided to take responsibility for myself and, stop focusing on all of the things that were going wrong in my life and the fact that I was told at that time that I'd never be released from prison. Stop focusing on that mm. and focus instead on what I could do to be the best version of me and do what I could do. And that's essentially what I started doing. I started focusing on myself day by day and not focusing on everything that was going wrong <laughs> in my life, you know? Yeah. yeah. And did you, um, you say focus on yourself, was it purely self-driven? Did you have any support externally? Not external. Well, obviously in prison, um, in terms of friends and people around you in there, I had I had friends outside, um, thank God, hmm. um, who supported me, visited me. I had a lot of help when it came to selling the family home from friends. Yeah. Um, I'm an only child, so I haven't got like brothers and sisters. So I had friends who would help me like clear the house out. You know, um, we had cats and I had to get the cats rehomed and all of that sort of stuff. Mm. So there was a lot of stuff like that that I had help from mm. friends and people like that. But as far as uh, anything other than that, no. 
it was all done. I had to deal with the funerals myself. I had to deal with selling the home myself and all of that sort of stuff myself. So it was difficult, obviously. Um, but I just had to have that mindset where I just keep going and focusing on what I could do. So I started doing things like a degree. I started studying a degree in prison. Um, and I was working in the educational department, helping kids, young kids, 21-year-olds, um, mentoring them, um, and also teaching critical reasoning skills and things like that. Right. So I started focusing on educating myself and my health, going to the gym, looking after myself better and things like that. So literally focusing on the day-to-day stuff uh, rather than focusing on into the distance about what I can do or what, what might happen or, you know, all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. You know? Oh, well, so, yeah. and then... Um... Apart from obviously this journey of self-reflection and the the uh, the value that came from that, yeah. were there any other positives? You know, we, we all see. Uh, you know, I'm speaking for myself here, but I'm sure there's others out there. In terms of prison, everyone in there's bad, and everything's bad all the time. You know? What are, what's what are some of the positives that we don't see from a, a prison perspective? That people a lot of people have no idea about prison. You know, right. most people have got no clue whatsoever about prison. Whatsoever, you know, you speak to people out here, they've got a very very short sighted view of prison. Hmm. Um, you know, then they think you just sit in your cell and rot away every day, which is the opposite of truth. Most people are working. Most people are quite decent people, to be fair. All right, people commit crimes. Hmm doesn't make them horrible you know you obviously you've got horrible people but a lot of the people are great people Mm. they've great brains great minds and they've made mistakes you know just like everybody makes mistakes and a lot of people used to say you know i would never go to prison people who think like that don't know how short-sighted they are because you could be driving your car home answer your phone knock a kid home be in prison for death by dangerous driving quite easily yeah you know a lot of people end up in prison for a variety of different reasons doesn't make them bad people but we live in a judgmental society where people like to label others and you know if you're quick to do that then you're very short-sighted because you're not able to see what you're doing because we're not, none of us are perfect none of us are you know never made a mistake or you know won't ever make a mistake in our lives so you know the truth of the matter is it's the people who are able to reflect upon themselves instead of judging and looking outwards at others the people who recognise, and like like in my situation, I was able to recognise that it wasn't the criminal justice system's fault, or it wasn't the guys who started on me that night their fault. It was my fault for getting involved in that situation. Right. Had I not gone in, got, had too much to drink. Had I not, it was actually my girlfriend was attacked by a group of guys. That's right. what started the altercation at the work Christmas party. Yeah. And I came out and I started arguing with a group of guys, and they attacked me. It was four against one. And I got beaten up. Hmm. And there was, there was basically their word against mine. They said I attacked them. I, they said attack me, and it was me who got convicted of it because I had the part, I had the the previous. Right. So um, that's essentially what happened. But um, but it would have been easy for me to blame others for that. And mm. so you know, this is the thing. But in prison, come back to what you just asked. I mean, there's there's wonderful things in people in prison. There's there's wonderful uh, you know situation. If it hadn't have been for some of the people in there, there's no way I'd still be sitting here talking to you now. No right. chance. You know, they that they they saved my life a lot of those guys in there. So, so yeah, I mean, there were some great things about it. I do a lot of work now with prisons. Yeah. I do I do talks in prisons and I do workshops with prisons and so on. So yeah, I mean, a lot of the work I do now is is aimed at that. Even though it's not only only prisons, but um, you know, there's a lot of wonderful people in there who are just crying out for an opportunity to move forward. Really, yeah. And I don't know if there's a, a British version of this, but if you ever get the chance or if listeners get a chance, there's a an American uh, podcast called Ear Hustle um, that's, a, that's no, based out no. in San Quentin prison, prison I believe. Okay. And I think they started recording it um, 
in secret. <coughs> so they're actually just, you know, nobody knew about it. And then eventually the um, the facility found out they were doing it and, and allowed them, supported them through it, I think is, okay. the, is the case. But some amazing stories. And it's all about the good stuff that happens in there, you know. And the, this is it. And, and how do you survive and how do you help each other in there? And, uh, and yeah, I think <laughs> my perception of prison as growing up has either been through the movies or through watching porridge <laughs> and i think those are growing up you Do know, you know what? yeah if you watch anything on telly i watched a show like the other night it's it, it's, it's it's like anything in life they try and dramatize it to make it so yeah, people yeah. watch it if you watch the show about what prison's really like no one would watch it because it's right. boring right. <laughs> nothing happens you know but they want to make it dramatic like yeah. there's violence everyone's getting fights and everything's happening doesn't happen like that most people just get on with their time do what they got to do and get out right. you know they're not f interested in drugs fighting and all the other bits and bobs yeah. but um but that doesn't that doesn't sell does it i mean if you <laughs> if you're doing a tv show you want it to be dramatic so you want everyone to be fighting and killing each other and all of that sort of stuff yeah. doesn't really happen like that so let's move on in terms of you've taken those lessons you've reflected on yourself yeah. you found yourself uh, out, outside <laughs> again yeah. back in the uh, back in the wider world Miracle. um and you've gone on and, and done some great things in, and are now helping others. So tell us a little bit about that in terms of yeah. who you help and how you help them. Well, it was a funny way it came about, really. I mean, when I was in prison, I did a business course. And um, <clears throat> that was um, I did six years in total. And it was probably three years into that. Uh, I needed to do whatever to keep myself <laughs> mentally occupied. And I did a business course. And, um, and part of that course, they said to me at the time, if you hypothetically, you know, before I went to prison, I was involved in sales. I was involved in car trade. I was involved in mortgages and I was doing all of that sort of stuff. Mm. So it was always sales. But they said, hypothetically, if you're going to set up a career when you get out of prison, what would you do? Right. And I said, um, life coach. And I don't know why. And I just come, the first thing that came to me, I had no clue what a coach did. And anyway, they gave me a sheet of paper with all the different attributes of a coach on this bit of paper. And I, I read it and I thought, okay. I've got these attributes and skills, you know, and I forgot about it. Anyway, now, four years later, now I'm out of prison. You know, I've been out of prison a year now mm. and I've been dealing with a lot of the emotional stuff that I had to go through, you know, unpacking all of that baggage after I've got out of prison because obviously losing your family and everything, there's yeah. a lot to go through. So I was trying to find my way in life and I had no direction. I didn't know what I wanted to do work-wise and so on. I didn't really want to go back to the car trade and everything. So... I was thinking, and I had started having coaching. Mm. And it, it tweaked something in me. And I thought, you know what? This is me. This is what I want to do. I, I've got the ability to be a good, great coach here. And anyway, so the coach I was working with, she said to me, because I was researching it, and I, I was going to do one of these courses you see online, like, you know. And she said to me, if you're going to do it, do it properly. So I thought, okay. And I went on the ICF website, the International Coaching Federa Federation website, and I thought, okay. And I looked at all the different accredited courses I could find, and I found the one I thought was the best. Yeah. And I went for it. It cost me a lot of money, but it was worth it. And what they did is they taught me a whole new way of thinking, a whole philosophy and way of being, mm. which when you live it, breathe it, practice it, and become it, transforms your life, actually, from, from the it, 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 inside out. And that's essentially what I did. As I learned the philosophy, a year, um, no, it was two years, nearly two years later, I qualified as a professional coach. So it was in 2019, I qualified as a professional coach. And um, 
I started living and breathing this new philosophy and way of being that they taught me. And that took me time. Mm -hmm. I had to do a heck of a lot of work on myself and self-acceptance and working on my own inner demons and everything else that would stop me moving forward and being who I wanted to be. And I'd done that. It took me about a year to do that. Mm -hmm. And it was just before COVID kicked off that I set my business up. <laughs> Couldn't have timed it better. Yeah. It was a month before. And ever since then, that's what I've been doing. I've been working with people in uh, businesses, prisons, uh, you name it, um, coaching, um, helping people learn this new philosophy and way of being that I've learned yep. and transform their lives. You know, and, and this is essentially what I do as a coach. I work one to one with people. I work, I do my keynote talks or I do my podcast, as you mentioned earlier. Yep. So there's lots of different ways to do it. But um, that's essentially what I do. Yeah. Yeah. So it's wonderful. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. And you call yourself the men's coach. As, as yeah. Uh, are you predominantly working with men? Or is that your target audience? This is a so, funny thing. Yeah. You know, I only recently changed this. Um, I, I used to be very generic. And one thing I never learned at the start, I'm a great coach, but I'm not a great marketer. So I've been learning the marketing as I was going along. And I thought to myself, I'm too generic in my marketing. Yeah. So I want to narrow down. And who do I need? Who do I want to work with? And I realized that there's a lot of guys out there. It doesn't matter who you are, what sort of background you've come from or whatever. A lot of guys out there who don't feel included in some way or they haven't got someone to talk to. And I used to get a lot of guys coming to me because of my background saying, you know, I feel comfortable with you. I don't feel that you're going to judge me about my past. I might have taken drugs. I might have been in a fight. I might have had this happen. But I don't feel you're going to judge me because you, you've had your stuff in the past and, you know... I, I feel comfortable with you. So I realized there was an opening there for people to come to me and normal everyday guys to open up and, and talk about their problems or whatever it is with that going on in life. And when you look at the statistics, men, the, the suicide rates for men is through the roof. 77% yeah. of men commit suicide a, a year. That's, that's the, 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 the percentages, you know, the construction industry, that's the highest ranking, painters and decorators, for instance, highest ranking suicides out of any industry worldwide. Wow. Now, people don't know this. We focus on other, you know, demographics and stuff, but men don't, you know, don't necessarily get that attention in the same way. But there's a massive calling for it. Mm. But coming back to your question, do I only work with men? No. Yeah. <laughs> I work with women as well. Yeah. A lot of my clients now are currently women. You know, I still work with women. Um, so I would never say, no, I'm not working with you. I mean, my style of coaching is uh, universal. I work with everybody. It doesn't matter who you are and where you're from or what you do. Yeah. But I try and focus more in terms of my marketing on the men because I feel that there's a need for that. And, uh, you know, a lot of guys do need that. And especially in business, you know, in, in business, when the business I work with, you know, uh, a lot of guys will avoid this sort of stuff because they've got stigmas attached to what they think it's about or, you know. Yeah. Um, but really, it's just common sense. It's just basic common sense. Learning how to use your mind so you use your, your emotions in the right way and you're using your actions in the right way. That's all it comes down to. Yeah. Well, and you're by no means the only guest, and I'm I'm counting myself in amongst this as well, who've <laughs> uh, who've had that realization that a lot of the people that I talk to, whether you're a coach, a facilitator, a help, however you're helping people, yeah. generally you want to help as many people as you can, okay. and it feels counterintuitive to niche down to one area, doesn't it's it? Hard, isn't it? Yeah, uh, and just be going out there and going right. I'm the men's coach. I am I'm the uh, was the mortgage mum is a, another lady that I've spoken to, and it's just like you know because 
supporting people with mortgages and, and focusing on mothers. <laughs> and it's just like, well, that's my niche. That's how I uh, how I can connect or how people potentially can connect with me. But my, by no means does it mean that you shouldn't come to Mark if you're, if, if you're a woman or if you shouldn't, mm. you shouldn't go to somebody else if you don't fit that demographic. If you connect with that person, that's what it's all about, isn't it? Funny enough, I did a podcast with another guy, a really great guy, um, a, a guy called Alessandro Ferrella. I don't know if you know him, but he 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 actually suggested that I should call myself the common sense coach, right? Because the process that I use, the work that I do, is common sense. It's right. it's not like wishy washy stuff. It's not like uh, you know all uh, stuff that people a lot of guys get pushed away for. So I don't want to get involved with that. Right? It's common sense stuff. You know, very basic common sense uh, that you put. You know, easy to put into practice. Yeah. So when, when I explained it to him, he said, well, it's common sense. Why don't you just call yourself the common sense coach? So I thought, okay, that's not a bad idea. So you never know. I might change again. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. You never know. Yeah, you can always rebrand. I work with it. everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so how do you get help these days? You know, how, how do you make sure that your performance is as good as it can be? Good yeah. Go to? Well, guess what? I've got a coach. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Common sense, mate. <laughs> I wouldn't be a very good coach if I was asking people to go and work with me if I didn't have one. But yeah. no, this is the thing. I mean, if it wasn't for a coach, I wouldn't probably be anywhere with my business at all. Right. I mean, um, I've had a coach since word straight from like the start, really. Yeah. Um, I've actually got two. I've got one individual coach and I've got a, a um, what do you call it? A business sort of coach as well, yeah. which is different to obviously the mindset is a slightly different thing it's about marketing so i've got different coaches but yeah i would say anybody who wants to improve doesn't matter what it is in their life they have their coaching is is invaluable i mm. mean it doesn't you know it's it to me it makes it's just common sense yeah. to have a coach because it helps you bring you know change bring the best out of yourself basically mm. you know and, if, and, and a lot of the time we try and fix problems or achieve things thinking that we can do it ourselves, but you need help. You do need help. If you look at all the most successful people in the world, this is another um, limiting belief a lot of people have. Coaching is for people struggling. It's yeah. people who've got problems. And this is why the Elon Musks and the, the Bill Gates and the Cristiano Ronaldos and all of these high achievers in life, they've all got coaches. Yeah. It's because the high achievers in life recognise that it doesn't make you weak to have a coach, it makes you successful. And that's the difference. So, yeah, that's what I do to heighten my performance, keep me on track. I've got coaches, you know, and I keep um, – I've also got, like, obviously other people I reach out to and speak to and some businesses and so on, but that's what essentially keeps me on track, yeah. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a, it's a very interesting one, and that element of different coaches for different purposes as well, you know. It, it, totally. it's, it, can, it can really help you to focus on the right things – marketing and this is one of the reasons i wanted to start this podcast is to expose people to all the different types of coaches that are out there you know mm. into whatever your challenges might be or whatever your focus or opportunities might be in front of you it doesn't have to be something going wrong it can be something going really right right now exactly and it's like how do you maintain that and build on it and get even better and mm. um, how do you shift you've got you know is that really you might be successful but it might not be fulfilling so how do you shift that mindset? You know, coaches yeah. can help with all of this, can't they? You know what? I mean, I went through a, probably a three or four month period where I didn't have a coach mm. um, about two years ago now. And it was just before Christmas. I thought to myself, I got a bit cocky. Right. And I thought, <laughs> I can do it myself now. I can coach myself. I don't need someone to coach me. And at the first, you didn't notice the difference. Mm. Um, but slowly, what you see, and I work very holistically with clients. I work on a on a, on a, 
six core areas in our life. And, uh, you know, if our energy is high, we're our most productive. If your energy falls slightly, then you start losing your productive, uh, you know, your edge. Yeah. And that's what happened with me. My energy, my energy started dripping, dropping slightly, slowly in certain areas, physical, for instance, or whatever. And that drops the energy across the board and mentally, emotionally, and so on. So it's important to have that optimal level across mm. the board. And if you haven't, your productivity will fall and drop. And that's what happened to me when I didn't have my coach. Yeah. You know, it wasn't a lot, but it was enough to be a difference. And so I, I you know, obviously quickly went back to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay now you i do need you yeah, <laughs> so, yeah oh. it makes a difference definitely does great stuff um and so maybe a couple of uh of slightly different questions then if you could help any individual or team or organization group of people right. with the skill set that you've got who would you want that to be if i could help a specific that's an interesting question um would you know what one of the things i'm doing at the moment because i was working a lot with the prisons and um, now I'm looking to broaden that out a little bit. On my keynote talk, it's called Life in a Container, How to Stay Positive While Serving a Life Sentence, okay? Now, obviously, anyone hearing that is going to obviously focus on the prison element of that, the aspect of that, which is why, yes, it works in prison. But when you look at it and break it down, the actual keynote itself isn't about prison. Right. It's about us as human beings, because we've all got restrictions in life. We've all got things that hold us back. We're all focused on, on our circuit. It could be COVID. It could be ill health. It could be poverty. It could be whatever's going on in the world at the moment, um, which is stopping us being who we want. You know, it could be a business. It could be, you know, if you've got 20 people in an office and two of those people are coming into work miserable for whatever reason, because they've got something going on in their personal life, that's going to affect the productivity of everybody else in the office. Mm. So having that um, overall mindset where you're focused not on what's restricting you in life, not your circumstances, not what's holding you back, but instead how you can be at your most productive, like I was when I was in prison, yeah. then what you're going to find is that you're going to be at your most productive day in, day out as you move forward and eventually you'll achieve your goals. Now, I think that's important in a business sense because if you've got, like I said, 20 people in an office mm. and two of them are not performing at a level, that it's like if you've got 20 bits of fruit and two apples, rotten apples, what's going to happen to the rest of the bits of the fruit? Yeah. It's going to rot them. And it's the same in an office. So in my, in terms of the, the work I do, the six core areas I work on with people are mental, emotional, physical, social, environmental, and spiritual. Now, again, if something's not working for you in your life in one of those areas, it will drain your energy. That means you're not at your most productive. Mm. So I would work with you individually to help you optimize your energy across the board. So we find solutions in whatever area it is so that you're performing at your best. And then you're going to get the results that you want. Now, if you're working in a bigger, um, you know, in an office, say, that's the same. You've got to look at everybody individually so that you'll get helping them perform at their best so that the business is performing at its best. Yeah. Now, that's what I'm looking to do in terms of my keynote talks. I'm looking for more opportunities to move into that so that I can help more people get the best out of their groups rather than just an individual basis. Right. So that's the sense. So if, you, if I could help anybody, an organisation or business, that's what I would do. I would be looking to help people move forward um, and, and increase their productivity, whether it be in their personal life or at work. Yeah. No, no, I remember from, I from one of our initial chats, you know, where, where mm. we talked about that life in a container bit, you know, it's that, that container doesn't, it, you know, in your it, history, it's been a prison cell, but actually that container can be anything from, a, yeah. you know, it's limiting beliefs, essentially, isn't it? That's, uh, yes. that, that, that can be 
yeah. it's human nature though isn't it i mean we all do it i mean it's I mean, if, if if like something go we watch the news for instance mm. it's easy to, to suddenly start thinking oh god the world's gonna end and you know there's no point in me even that drops your energy somehow if you're feeling like Ugh, you're less likely to get up in the morning and be 100 yeah. percent focused on whatever it is you want to work on or do and all of these things affect us. So if you're focusing on your circumstances, your circumstances don't determine where you go in life. My story tells you that. Yeah. You know, it literally merely determines where you start. Right. And, you know, if we can focus only on ourselves and how we can be our most productive, it doesn't matter what's going on around you. You can still be successful. And that's the message, really, about what I do. Brilliant. Um, and then if we were to flip that round then, if you were able to sit down and and have a have a drink, have a cup of coffee, have a, a a meal with somebody that you think you could really learn from, and you'd love to just sit down and absorb oh. their wisdom, who would you want that to be? Oh, who would I want that to be? There's a few actually, but <coughs> Elon Musk would probably be one of them. I love right. Elon. I think I've got a lot of respect for it. What he does in, in terms of business. Um, ah, I tell you what, uh, a guy called Sad, uh, what's his name? Sad Guru. Have you heard of him? I've heard the name. I, I don't know too much. He's a visionary from India. He's a right. wonderful guy. He, 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 I listen to him, and he's the oh, he's the most inspirational guy you'll ever see or listen to. Yeah, and he's just oh, he, he's he's unbelievable. So yeah, him. Right. So it'd be a, it'd be a toss up between Elon Musk on the business side of things. I'd get some business um, tips off him. Yeah. Um, but from a mindset perspective, I think it would be Sadhguru. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, I think everyone should check him out. He's brilliant. Oh, well, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll make a <laughs> note for myself here and I'll, uh, I'll have a look on that one. Brilliant. Um, okay, and how do people find out more? If people want to engage you and, and you know, I, I always do this with all of my guests, I actively encourage our listenership. You know, if you want to engage with these guests, the reason yeah. people come on these podcasts and put themselves out there is they want to engage with people. So if people want to engage with you and find out more, where do they go? How do they contact you? Well, everybody. I mean, everywhere. I mean, I, I, normally my website is the first place, but I, it's down at the moment. I'm getting a WordPress one done as we talk. So that'll right. be up again in about two weeks, please, God. Okay. So by the time this goes live, it'll hopefully be up. So it'll be my website. But I also do um, my podcast, which I've mentioned before. That's uh, um, on Facebook. It's on YouTube. Uh, so you can get me either on Facebook or, you, or my business page on Facebook or YouTube. Yeah. Or you can get me on LinkedIn. Um, or you can contact, contact me directly by email or phone, whatever it is. But yeah, most of my stuff is either on my business page, Facebook, YouTube, or LinkedIn. Yeah, brilliant. And what's the website, just uh, so the people know? Nola. It, well, again, it's changed. It was www.marksingercoaching.co.uk, but I'm going to change it to men's coaching. So that's the new one. Right. So I will I'll keep keep um if you if you follow my business page on Facebook, you'll be up to keep keeping um touch with that. So yeah, that's what I would recommend for the time being until I know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I don't uh, know what it is at the moment. Rest assured that for all the listeners, not everyone watching this on YouTube LinkedIn and stuff, well. it will be in the show notes. Uh, and I'll make sure that uh, as things get updated, I'll make sure that that's updated in the show notes as well. So yeah. have a look for those links in the show notes and you'll find out how to uh, get in touch with Mark. So yeah. um, Mark, fascinating story and just inspirational from just that power of taking the positive out of things. Um, I mean, I've got my own very smaller version of this where going through a, a redundancy when my wife was six months pregnant, you know, and finding that out and it being a big shock. Um, one of the most powerful things that I've ever done in my life with, with that is I, I went, right, what can I control here? 
and actually got some post-it notes. I'm a post-it note fiend. And I put on, this is the stuff that's in my control. This is the stuff that's out of my control. I can't control yeah. the decision because it's already been made. I can control how I am viewed from here on in. Uh, I can control uh, how I can help people through this process and, and all the rest of it. And that allowed me to move forward. And it's something when I'm talking to people, just to help them, you know, when circumstances, no matter how big or small they are and they hit you, sit, stand back and say, right, what's in my control, what's out of my control, and That's what exactly am I it. going to do to, to move things forward? And mm. your story is a great example of that, and uh, mm. I applaud you for it. Since you've done it, I mean, again, I think it's worth mentioning that is because my story is dramatic, mm. but everybody's going through the same thing in some way. Yeah. you know and you've just highlighted that because we've all got that you know it doesn't matter who you are or what you're going through there's something in your life which is restricting you yeah. and if you focus only on that you won't see the way forward so it's, you've hit the nail on the head there with that, oh, that well, yeah. thanks so much for being on the show today mark that was a fascinating pleasure. chat absolute pleasure thank you for having me on cheers thanks for listening to today's episode if you liked what you heard then please give the podcast a rate review and share I'm Paul Teasdale, and from sausage making to banking, oil and gas to Formula One, I help people perform. If you'd like to find out more and have a conversation, contact me via helpingpeopleperform.com.